0: Welcome, everyone, as we continue through the book of 2 Timothy. We will be going through uh, chapter 1, verses 8 through 18. So I encourage you, if you don't have a Bible already, to go ahead and take this moment to uh, grab a Bible so that you can follow along. Now, previously, Jared taught uh, chapter one, verses one through seven, and uh, as a very quick recap, uh, we see that this is uh, Paul. Uh, we know that he's um, ending the; he is um, writing this near the end of his life, and he is writing to Timothy, um, and he's uh, essentially writing this letter to Timothy as a passing on of the baton, uh, uh, as Paul's closing out this his life. He's He's um, encouraging Timothy to pick up on um, the mission and to continue on. And he writes to Timothy and he says uh, to Timothy that he is thankful to God for him. Uh, he's reminded of Timothy as Paul is praying night and day. and uh, he's reminded of Paul, of Timothy's genuine faith that Paul's convinced. Uh, dwells inside of him, uh, because of which Paul encourages him to fan into flame the gift of God that was given to him with the laying on of hands. Uh, And he encourages Timothy to be reminded that every believer has the spirit of God, um, and this spirit is not a spirit of fear, but of power and love and self-control. And and that self-control can also be understood as right-thinking, so uh, Not of fear, but of power and love, self-control, or right-thinking. Now, verse 8 through 12, I'm going to read through this whole section. Now, this is one uh, sentence in the Greek. Um, And there's a a lot of different points through there. So I'm going to uh, read it, and then we're going to come back and go section by section. So join with me now. Um, But before I read the whole thing, I just want to say one point. Um, Verse 8, that starts off with, therefore. When you see therefore, uh, it's likely that it's connecting the previous thought to the new thought. So in light of what Paul just said to Timothy, that um, he's convinced that Timothy has faith, a genuine faith, and Timothy has a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control or right thinking. In light of that, verse 8 Timothy, therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me his prisoner. But share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God, who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began, and which now has been manifested through the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, for which I was appointed a preacher and apostle and teacher, for which... Uh, which is why I suffer as I do. But I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. So in verse 8, when Paul is encouraging Timothy to not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord and Savior, uh, it's good for us to be reminded that when Paul was writing this, it would have Um, been in a society in which they um, had a honor and shame value system. Meaning if you did something that was good uh, you would be publicly um, acknowledged, like you would have uh, honor that was bestowed upon you. If you did something that was wrong or shameful, the opposite was true, you would be viewed um, in a negative light. You have shame on you. Now, the testimony of Jesus includes the fact that Jesus was crucified. Now, to be crucified was, um, I mean, the idea at the time was that you must have been a criminal, or you must have done something really awful to have been crucified. So, to be crucified uh, is a shameful event that took place. It would have been shame on Jesus, shame on his family, shame on his disciples. So, in part, this is Um, likely something that the early believers would have struggled through as they share the testimony of their Lord and Savior, the stigma that surrounded the fact that Jesus was crucified. Now, in reality, there is no shame in what Jesus did. It is because of that um, that there is life um, in abundance for those who believe in Jesus. But, from the worldly perspective, as the gospel is being shared it could have easily been perceived um, as a shameful thing uh, that jesus went to the cross and then to associate yourself with that was also to bear shame so paul is encouraging timothy do not be ashamed of the testimony of our lord nor of me his prisoner notice what paul does there he doesn't say that uh, he's a prisoner of the state or of Caesar uh, but he says that he's a prisoner of the Lord himself Don't be ashamed of, of me his prisoner I don't know about any of you but if um, I mean I, I've had family members that have uh, are in prison or have been in prison and if it ever comes up in conversation, Uh, there's always shame associated with talking about it, you know? Um, I find myself wanting to associate with good things and honorable things, like a family member who's a doctor or a lawyer or something like that, but not so much uh, to associate with one who's in prison. And that is a reality of uh, what some of the early believers struggled with, with associating with Jesus Um, this uh, criminal who was crucified, or maybe even Paul who shares the testimony of Jesus and then is arrested because of it. And uh, some people abandoned Paul and his faith because they were ashamed of his chains. And so he's encouraging Timothy, don't be ashamed of the gospel, um, and don't be ashamed of me, his prisoner, but Timothy, I want you to share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. I want you to participate, to partake, not to run away from, but to share, embrace it. Um, And and it's not for no purpose, it is for the purpose of the gospel. But don't want you to do it in your own power, in your own abilities, but by the power of God. Remember, that Holy Spirit that lives inside of you, it is um, a powerful spirit, not of fear, but of uh, power and love and right thinking. In verse 9, Paul is going to be encouraging Timothy about some of the basics of who God is, and he says, this God, remember Timothy, who saved us and called us to a holy calling. If If Jesus didn't save us, then we wouldn't be doing this. But the fact of the matter is, Jesus Christ, in His testimony, He went to the cross to fulfill Old Testament prophecy, and His perfect blood that was spilled on the cross was um, enough um, to be a sacrifice so that we can have our sins atoned for. So those who believe in Jesus can have forgiveness of sins and have life everlasting. And don't forget, Timothy, it is because of God who saved us, and that same God, he called us to a holy calling, not just any ordinary calling, but a very unique, uh, set-apart, special calling designed for God's uh, glory. He says, and this is not because of our own works, but because of God's own purpose and grace. Remember, this is all about Jesus. This is all about God. This is all because of His own purpose and His grace. If it wasn't for His grace, which, by the way, He gave us through Christ Jesus before the ages even began, well, what is He referring to? This is He's referring to the book of life. We see this in um, Philippians this is just a few examples of where it is, but in Philippians 4, verse 3 at the end, um, and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are written in the book of life. Uh, And in Revelations, it's here a bunch of times, but I'll just read from this one section in chapter 13. Revelations chapter 13. uh, What's happening here is there's a beast that has uh, come up and who has been given authority over the nations of the world. And in verse 8, uh, this, this beast is a blasphemous beast um, who, who um, is against God and speaks against him. In verse 8, all who dwell on earth will worship this beast, everyone whose name has not been written before the foundations of the world in the book of life of the Lamb who was slain. Did I read that right? And all who dwell on earth will worship it. So everyone whose name, who has not been written in the book of life, which, by the way, was created before the foundations of the earth, are going to worship this beast. Meaning the book of life has existed at the beginning, before the foundations of the earth. And those who are believers, your name is written in that book. So going back to 2 Timothy, when he states that, uh, let me find the verse here, um, not because of our works, verse nine, but because of His own purpose and grace, which He gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. God I was it was gracious to us before the uh, before the uh, foundations of the earth had even been made. Your name is written in the book of life. Paul is giving Timothy a foundation. He's encouraging him. Remember, Timothy is going through a lot of hardship with uh, false teachers and persecution and his uh, spiritual father, Paul, being in prison, and and maybe there's a sense of of Paul not going to uh, make it much longer. All this is happening, and it seems like a really rough time for me as I read this, and I think this is why Paul is trying to encourage Timothy. Timothy, you have the Spirit of God inside of you. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is a spirit not of fear, but of power, of self uh, sorry a power of love and right thinking and Timothy it's it's all for the sake of the gospel don't forget it's the savior who saved us who gave us a unique calling but not for our own work for our own purposes but it's all about god's purpose and um, and and by and because of his grace which he poured out onto us even before the earth even began our names are written in that book of life Verse 10, and this grace, which now has been manifested, it's been shown to us through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. And it's this gospel, verse 11, for which Paul was appointed a preacher and apostle and teacher. For uh, Which is why, verse 12, I suffer as I do, but I am not ashamed. Paul saying, I am enduring this for the sake of the gospel, but I feel no shame. That's how we should read that. I feel no shame in association with what is happening to me. For I know whom I have believed. I know Jesus. I know him intimately. I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that it is he who is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. Now, here's a question. What has... What is, um, what does Paul believe that God is able to guard, and what is, what does he mean when he says that day? Well, when he says able to guard, I think what he means here is that God is able to guard the mission that was given to Paul, the mission of proclaiming the gospel and the gospel itself. That God is able to guard the truth of this and will continue this um, mission. From now until that day, now that day is in reference to when Jesus uh, returns back to us. It's called the second coming, or in um, Greek it was referred to the parousia. Uh, believe is the Greek word there. Now, this is on reference to when Jesus is going to come back and judge the world. Now remember, when Jesus in Acts, he uh, is talking with his disciples after he's resurrected, and he ascends into heaven. And in the same way that he has ascended into heaven, he's going to come back on his second coming, and that's when he's going to judge the world. So Paul is saying that he trusts God with this mission that Paul was given he trusts God that God is going to continue this, and he's going to guard the gospel, the truth of it, until that day when Jesus returns. And he tells to Timothy in verse 13, if that's not encouraging, Timothy, uh, I'm, <laughs> Timothy, in light of this, don't forget God is the one that is doing this. It's not about us. Verse 13, follow, Timothy, the pattern of the sound word that you have heard from me. Follow the pattern of life that I have. Follow the sound teaching that I have taught. You have heard me teach, that I have written to you. Um, In the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Not on your own faith, not by your own love, but by the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. 14, now do this by the Holy Spirit who dwells within us. By the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the good deposit that has been entrusted to you. Now, verse 14. By the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, by this Spirit, not by your own strength, guard the good deposit entrusted to you. Now, what is this good deposit? The good deposit is the gospel, the, the soundness of the gospel this is the good deposit it's not a bad deposit it's a it's a very special thing that paul's supposed to guard in the comments uh, jared um had said that this good deposit sounds like a a, f- a golden football that has been handed to timothy and it made me think of um i don't know it used to play football um you know when i was a kid and on a team and there was this game that we would play the coach would hand the football off to uh, one of the players and it was the that person's job to guard this football using any means necessary and the rest of the team was to try to take that football away from him and so you would be holding this football and you would be wrestling and uh, wrestling and just fighting with these guys that are jumping on top of you doing whatever they can to get that uh, football away from you and that's kind of the imagery that I, that I thought of when Jared said that um, so this golden football maybe has been given to Timothy and, and Timothy is being entrusted with this to protect it from false doctrine to keep it safe um, to not let it be defiled and he's not supposed to do it on the strength that he provides but by um, the Holy Spirit which is a powerful spirit Now, he is encouraging Timothy to follow in this pattern, and in this next section, from 15 to 18, Paul gives us two examples of one not to do and one to do. So he says, You are aware all who are in Asia turned away from me, among whom are Phygelus and Hermogenus. May the Lord grant mercy to the household of Onesiphorus, for he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. But when he arrived in Rome, he searched for me earnestly and found me. May the Lord grant him, uh, may the Lord grant him to find mercy from the Lord on that day. And you well know all the service he rendered at Ephesus. Paul is saying, Timothy, you are aware of all who turned away from me in Asia, and among them were Phygelus and Hermogenes. We don't know much about them. Uh, it seems that the point is, is Timothy, don't be like them. Don't be like um, any of these people who turned away from Paul. And by turning away from Paul, they're turning away from his Gospel. And by turning away from that, they're turning away from Jesus. Don't do that, Timothy. But rather, be like Onesiphorus. He was not ashamed of my chains. In fact, he searched for me, verse 17, but when he arrived in Rome, he searched for me earnestly and found me. Paul was probably not in an uh, easy-to-find local prison. He seemed to have been somewhere more difficult, but through his um, earnest searching, Onesiphorus found him, and Paul was so thankful for him um, as he Onesiphorus often refreshed him. This is an example of what to do Timothy, be like Onesiphorus. Don't be ashamed of my go- of my chains. Uh, to for for to have been looking for Paul um, would have been putting himself in danger, right? He would have been um, uh, putting himself in a position where he could have been associated um, with Paul. And if Paul is a prisoner for uh, being a follower of Jesus and proclaiming the gospel, then Ananiferus is putting himself in a um, position where he could also be arrested. Timothy, be like him, be like Ananiferus. Don't be ashamed of my go- of my chains. Um, and he says in verse eighteen. And notice, there's going to be a play on words here. May the Lord grant him to find mercy from the Lord on that day. Remember, when it's referenced to that day, it's same a reference to the second coming of Jesus. So Paul's wish is that Onesiphorus might find mercy from the Lord on that day when he meets Jesus. In the same way that, um, or it, with the play on words, as Onesiphorus found Paul, Paul wishes that Onesiphorus might find mercy from the Lord on that day. And you well know all the service he rendered at Ephesus. Paul's encouraging him again. I want you to be like him he he was uh, he did what was right he served he did a good job i i i wish him to find lots of mercy when he meets jesus i wanted to uh, go back and take a few minutes to talk about uh, the idea of suffering for the sake of the gospel now in this section we see that uh, paul tells timothy not to be ashamed of the gospel so if timothy is ashamed of the gospel and it's a hindrance for Timothy to share the testimony of Jesus with others, then it's likely that Timothy is not going to suffer for the sake of the gospel. If Timothy is not hindered, and he is not ashamed of the gospel, and he tells the gospel to others, then it's likely that he's going to suffer for the sake of the gospel. And I think the same is true for us today. If if we are ashamed of the testimony of Jesus and it's hindering us and we don't share, I don't think we're going to suffer much. And the opposite, if we are not ashamed and we and we boldly proclaim the gospel, every time we do that, that's an opportunity in which we may suffer. Now, In this case, with Paul and Timothy, they were enduring physical beatings, uh, they were put in prison. Um, It's a little bit different then than it is for us right now today um, in the United States. That's not true for, for all parts of the world, but here in the States, for example, our government has laws in which it's illegal to assault someone in which the government will, will uh, come on be, our behalf, whether you're a believer or not a believer, if you're attacked or assaulted. And there's laws. It's obviously a, um, uh, not a perfect system, but there are laws that protect against that. So you can proclaim the gospel, and you still probably won't be uh, attacked um, or physically injured um, here in, in, um, in the United States with the laws that... Um, that we have here. So we we have certain protections that are here, but that's not true. We talked about this a little bit on Sunday in our in our group meeting, um, in which you can go to another country and share the truth of Jesus and proclaim the gospel and live it out, and the governments there will beat you and uh, and arrest you and put you in in prison. Now there there are some differences, but there for us here physical. Um, suffering is not the only type of suffering that we might endure. There are um, probably hundreds of thousands of ways that we might suffer for the sake of Christ, but I want to encourage you not to um, put too much time or effort into wondering why you're not being persecuted. It's okay to maybe reflect and think about it and do a a reality check and talk about it with other brothers and pray about it and sisters, Um, but I'd encourage you to spend more time praying for others, and asking God to help you, equip you in your conversation with them so that you might be able to share the gospel with them. And I think as we do that, maybe we'll see more persecution, or maybe we would um, endure suffering more. I'm not so sure. We don't see a whole lot of this, see a little bit of it. But I can tell you one thing for sure. If you proclaim the gospel in a um, spirit-filled, loving way, and you are persecuted, or you endure suffering because of it, I will be there for you and with you. And I hope that you are willing to say the same thing to me. So, I just want to wrap up our time here in just a quick summary of everything of all these verses. Paul is telling Timothy not to be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. Don't be ashamed of Paul, who is in prison, but rather to share in suffering for the gospel, but don't do it on your own power, but by the power of God. And Timothy, follow the pattern of the sound words that you have heard from me, and by the Holy Spirit who dwells in you, guard the good deposit that has been entrusted to you. Protect the mission of God and the the uh, the truth of the of the gospel of the sound doctrine. Guard that, and don't forget, Timothy. This is the work. That Jesus is doing and we are a part of it and he is going to see it from that time when Paul's writing this to the time that Jesus comes back and don't be like uh, those who have turned away from Paul, Phygellus and Hermogenus, but to be like Onesiphorus in uh, not being ashamed of Paul's chains, to be like uh, Onesiphorus in the way that he served. And I believe Um, That's going to end our time here um, in 2 Timothy chapter 1.